I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking World Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. Ladies and gentlemen, match week three recap. Today is... What's today, Patrick? You think it's Thursday or Friday? You know what, James? I'm not a guy that really pays attention to the calendar, so I'm going to let you pick this one. <laughs> I've been going solar calendar, dedicated to job. Mm. Very on brand for you. Today is Thursday, October 1st. Like I said, match week three, week app recap. Why don't we get right into some headlines, Patrick? Got a sure. few doozies for you. It was a full weekend of fixtures. All the teams are playing. We're starting to figure out who's real, who's a fraud. Um, my headlines are are like the Greenwich Village hipster edition of headlines. I went for the for the less seen, maybe, um, leaving you to the big fish. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I want to give you a little spotlight on this one, but I have some good ones. Um, I might as well just get into maybe a big talking point for, for the episode in my first one. It's Everton versus Palace. Please. All right. Here we go. Don't take away my right to bear arms, says Joel Ward, as VAR amends Everton's second goal opportunity. It's the big talking point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? And it's not limited to this game, but you want to just kind of hash it out once and, Patrick, once and for all. Yeah. You know, things are things are very fluid in, in uh, Premier League dumpster fire season. Uh, things are changing all the time. Rules, interpretations of rules, enforcements of rules. But I'll tell you what, it takes an old man in Roy Hodgson who really has seen it all. And you can see it on the crow's feet that lie beneath his delicate eyeballs um, to really express what we're all thinking. And, and you mentioned a quote of the week segment, and I guess this is it right here. This is what Roy Hodgson had to say when talking about Everton's penalty awarded for the handball on Joel Ward after VAR took a look at it. He goes, we've brought in a new rule to football that's killing the game, killing my enjoyment for the game. For me, handball is a very simple rule. When you deliberately handle it to stop a goal being scored or to get an advantage, it's handball. And when the ball hits you and there's nothing you can do about it, it's not handball. Did Roy say it best, or is that an oversimplification? Well, it's certainly an oversimplification as the as it relates to the laws of the game. But <laughs> you know, I think that the, that's what he, what he's captured is the spirit that is that has gone away. And mm-hmm. you know, I think that people people often point to you know VAR being the problem. Um, and while I think VAR is is a is a contributor here, I mean the, the rule isn't like they're 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 administering the rule correctly it's not var it's not even the refs yeah and so the rule the rule is shit but it's exacerbated by var because now as 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 you mentioned you don't have to do anything to commit a handball offense and when you have all the cameras and you know the ball's pinging around the box however however it is i mean we've seen it in just about every possible scenario i think so Mm -hmm. far already you know, it's you're going to get caught with these, and you sent me something about the pace of this that seems just absolutely absurd. And yeah, I mean, I think no one, nobody likes this. I think even Steve Bruce said it after he benefited from it this week. Uh, you know, he he said this is it's it's not right. You know, we have to talk about getting this out of the game. And you know, fair fair play to him. You know, he benefited from it on the day. So I think everyone's kind of rallying behind this, not you know, working in practice. Like, forget about what the theory of it was. Mm-hmm. It's not working. No, it's like uh, it's it's like we always say on the cast. Anything you look at on the slow motion monitor is like a foul. A foul is going to look worse. Same goes for handball. You can determine intent or uh, unnatural hands if you look at it slow enough. And uh, you know, as long as it's not right now, as the rule dictates, as long as it's not in your natural body silhouette, which is a, I mean, add it to the. Uh, to the Rolodex of fantastic handball terms that are introduced into football. Uh, natural body silhouette is is really up there. Um, 
then anything can be ruled and anything could happen. And what I dug into, Patrick, was this has been a rule from the International Football Association Board, IFAB for short, if you want to impress your friends. It's a bunch of... A bunch of Muppets in Zurich who make rules on how football should be played. And it, it has been implemented in Serie A, um, I think is the most notable example, but around Europe. And the Premier League said they're going to take it on board this season. And it is already clearly getting met with such adverse reaction. And as early as, um, or as recent as I think five hours ago, Patrick, um, the Premier League governing board, I forget that acronym, but they mentioned... Already going into match week four this weekend, they're going to be more lenient on the rule. So they're already um, dialing back what what pace we were on, which was for an unprecedented amount of penalties given by handball. Well, they they did that um, they did that before the match week even ended. I don't know if you saw the uh, oh, it was, goal, it was really it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was like wall games were happening. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just joking around. It, it was, it was a, it was a similar kind of like never a handball, but by these new rules, probably a handball on the Diego Jota goal in the Arsenal mm-hmm. game. So just having a, just having a go with that. Uh, but no, I, 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 this is the one time, you know, this is the one time I would advocate for changing a rule mid-season because I think many times when people talk about it, you're like, we're going to be stuck with it for the rest of the season. You think, well, you know, fair enough. You hope it just kind of evens out in the end. But this is everybody's losing. This isn't one of those rules that, you know, you're going to get some, you're going to not, like no one even likes to get these. And you know, it's it has the potential mm-hmm. to kind of devolve into this scenario of like, you know, you already you already see it with some of the players on the pitch sometimes where you're just, you just start rooting for, you know, the VAR decision, like you're—that's what you're kind of waiting to see—is like, do yeah. we get the handball, or were the studs showing on that tackle, yeah. or you know, you start rooting for things that are kind of the antithesis of why we choose to be fans. So mm-hmm. that's the danger of it if they don't fix it, and it's it's you know, I, I, and that's a shame. We spoke too soon. I thought VAR was getting better. <laughs> I really did. I thought we were turning a corner. We James. had nice things for a week. We had nice things for one uh, week, and what a week it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I look back fondly on that week, as I think we all do. But yeah, I think all we can hope for this season. Um, so the the football board who makes the rules have given the Premier League the okay to be more lenient as long as it's in the spirit of the rules, which to me is like when you're walking out the door going out to meet up with friends and your parents are like, oh, don't forget to take out the trash. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I got it, got it. It's like, yeah, well, it'll be in the spirit of the game for sure. Like, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Like we're just gonna go do our own thing. It's yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun. I, I'm I'm interested to see how it progresses. We have an international break coming up, and usually, you know, things things settle down. So get the transfer window behind us. Get the international break behind mm-hmm. us. But what are you making of back to that game in hand that, that we were talking about? Oh yeah, the game. What are you, <laughs> oh, you making of the game? What are you making of Everton so far? Three three, three wins from three. They are a good prospect, Patrick. Um, they're a really good team. You look at that midfield, it's unrecognizable. Decore, Allen, and uh, of course, James Rodriguez at the at the tip of that, I guess, what looks like a diamond that they're playing. It's a whole new proposition. And it's unrecognizable from what they were playing last season. Calvert-Lewin, Carabao Cup today, slotted another hat trick. Um, I think two things are going to happen. One, they're going to they're going to slow down. They're they're really good right now. They're not going to keep up this pace. Um and two, you mentioned this last week. They're going to come up against a top 6 side. And I think that's going to be a really really exciting proposition for them. Yeah, and they have so they have Brighton next and on their current form, you, you you'd expect them to to be four wins from four, right? right you get that, handed two two losses on the trot from the famous Man United. Uh yeah, you're going to be low on spirits, right? And then, uh, and then after the international break, it's a it's a Merseyside derby. So love it. I, I can't tell you the it. last time I was legitimately excited for a Merseyside derby, but I am absolutely Patrick, excited this, for this one. This makes me really. I know Merseyside derbies have been shit in recent years. Um, this really makes me miss fans because it's a Goodison Park, and I I picture what that would have been like Everton, you know, on a, on a on real this form, high yeah. and their fans and their fans in the stadium. Um, but they're not going to be there, obviously. And uh, I, I, you know, I, st- I would now give Liverpool still the slight edge in that one with no fans. 
For sure. For but, sure. It will be that's that's the test because I think I mean it's 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 all well and good but you know they Tottenham looked awful in that first game and so it's kind of tough to put a whole lot of stock in what Everton did. They've looked impressive but it, the the wins over, you know, West Brom, West Brom with a, mm-hmm. 10 men, Palace with a questionable, you know, penalty given. So, you know, they still've got they still have that the they haven't really passed that litmus test for me yet, but they're they're fun to watch and I don't think that they're any as far as like quality goes in that kind of attacking in the midfield, I think that they're they're not so far off the pace for kind of that Europa Champions League no. tussle that's going to happen. Um, no. Their defense, I think, could still get lit up by some some more dynamic attackers, but you know they can score. They're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But also don't count Ancel- don't count out Ancelotti for being able to make adjustments as he seen as he sees his team develop for better or worse. You know he's. That's no right. Slouch. Yeah, I keep, I keep no forgetting Rogers. Yeah, I keep forgetting that. Yeah, the top Ancelotti's of just over there at Everton. You know, <laughs> it's wild. I know. It's wild. Well, uh, why don't you kick us off with a headline of your own? Okay. Past is prime. Has Pep lost the step that once put a Pep in his step? Mm. Alliteration, a journalist best friend. That was kind of like a. Finding the seashells at the seashore. I don't even know the full thing, but I was trying to get a, a tongue twister mm-hmm. going as well. well Pat, Obviously, that referring... was much more uh, poetic than what you've titled our our infeed cast, which is the bald fraud. Mm, yes, yeah, that was and more emotional. Start. Kate's yeah. spidey senses are tingling in disgust. Okay, so Pep's not past it, but that's a pretty awful performance against Leicester, and that is one that. Lacks spine, which is, it's that's that's a. I would be worried as like if if uh you know competing for a title is the ambition, which it is. Mm-hmm. It's not like they can they they don't have a margin for error to you know give up five goals. Let's be real, it's it's, it's an awful awful performance. I'm not going to make yeah. it too big as bigger than that, but they don't they don't have many of these in their season if they want to win the title. Patrick, I'm going to tease something. And I'm not going to say what it is, but maybe you can connect the dots. They're playing Leeds next week. Liverpool's playing Villa next week. If Man City don't get three points against Leeds and Liverpool get three points against Villa, I'm going to have something to say on a little bit. Leave it. Love it. I absolutely love it. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to have something to say. Yeah. I mean, this, you would expect, basically, I'd be, I'm going to be worried about Manchester City if they don't come out and absolutely beat the brakes off Leeds. Like they like I'm expecting I still I, th- I still think they're they're obviously quality. They're mm-hmm. I, I still hold Pep in a high regard. And if if that is true, I expect them to come out and, you know, four nothing, five nothing just destroy pretty flawless performance against Leeds. That's what I it's, would expect. It's funny. It was kind of the story of City last season. Like when I think about United in their prime, that's 13th they would, place Manchester City. Right, yeah, put some disrespect on that name. <laughs> when I think about Prime United, uh, in you know, in the glory days, as as I do, um, when they would lose a game, you know, once in a blue moon, the next game would be the um, you're letting out like an angry tiger, you know, who've who've just gotten the hair dryer from Ferguson, and you never want to be the team who played United after a loss. City last season was like that on crack where they would win two games, have a terrible game, and then come back and like destroy another team 5-0, then go lose again the very next week. It was it was uh, all over the place. But yeah, they, they do still have it in them to come back the very next game after a rollicking from Pep and and put on a show. So I do expect that as well. Who do you think they're just still like the recovering from company as like a, a from the captain, not 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 as on-field or maybe his on-field presence, if that's how you want to define it, but their leader. Do you think that that is... Because I, I don't see what else it could be. Yeah, I do. I do, Patrick. And it's funny, you know, obviously they've brought in Ruben Diaz, and the headlines are, and finally, company's replacement after however many... Like, not necessarily on defenders, but just what I would knock for, knock Pep for, more so than his tactical acumen, which I think is still top class... It's the way he spends in the transfer market. And obviously, if you're the owners of Man City, it's not a big deal. But look at all the money they've spent and the players they've turned over to just 
get this kind of production out on the field. Um, I think with so, Ruben Diaz, it's 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 going to be close to, if not over, five hundred million uh, euro, or n- not quite five hundred million euro, yeah. over five hundred million. And, and that's it's easy in today's day and age to like forget what that means. That's a half a billion on defenders. Correct. Correct. He's been there five years. Yeah. So, you know, they are the club that can just spend until they get it right. And maybe Ruben Diaz is that guy. But it's I keep going back to when we talked over the summer about depth in their team. And we did say defense was still an issue. You know, we said replacing company was an issue. But they were half of their subs bench was was academy players and youngsters. And I know they're hit by injury. Um it's, they're just in a strange place, and you talked weird, about that. Um, you talked about that quadrangle uh, between uh, the the back two um, Stones and Aki and and Rodri mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Fernandinho, and that was already broken up. There was no consistency there because Stones dropped out. Um, yeah, it feels like Pep's doing a little bit of move the chess pieces around until he finds that thing that hits, and maybe Ruben Diaz is that is that person. But. Yeah, I man. I think between between you know, Ake, Ruben Diaz, and Laporte, like I think you've got a a top tier center back pairing in there somewhere. I don't know what it is, but you, it's it's there. Uh, you know, I I think for all of it, I thought I think Aki's looked pretty good. I I, I kind of was laughing at myself thinking like he left Burnmouth to try and get away from the five two results, and then there <laughs> right. he is scoring scoring a goal just to bring his team back within three again. It's probably not something he was expecting. Although I don't think scoring a goal, this is a bit of David Luiz syndrome. I don't think scoring a goal as a defender excuses you for sh- for shipping five goals. I don't think that constitutes a good game. Yeah, for me it was like, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I didn't think Aki was particularly to blame for all that. But yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, it was two penalties. I think a really, really Mendy nice on goal. The left yeah. getting cooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just they were flat. They were flat, and then something that's just always. You know, always impressed me about these Leicester City teams is like you can't have an off day against them. You just no. can't. Like they will punish you if you have an off day, and it's a, just a it's it's fun to it's fun for that team to also be the underdog. You know, Liverpool's kind of that same team, but they're not an underdog, so it's not fun to kind of watch them do that. But when Leicester does it, man, they're, it's another team that's really <laughs> fun to watch. Like Leicester and Everton have my eye right now. Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd be very curious to know how Steve's feeling because this Leicester team's coming together nicely. Mm-hmm. On on Leicester, to give them a moment, I, I did wedge a trivia in here, Patrick. It's a quick one. Great. Um, on Leicester. Three players have ever, only, okay. A hat trick has been scored against a Pep team three times. Jamie Vardy's done it twice. Who's the only other player in instance to, have a, to score a hat trick on a Pep team? A hat trick on a pep team. Um, I'll make it easier against Pep's Man City. They were all at Man City. All at Man City. So this is the only time he gave up five. I was going to say sidebar too. before Pep be. managed Man City, he'd never given up a hat trick. That's wild. Yeah. Okay. Um, a hat trick. Is it a domestic, or can I even ask that? Is it Premier League um, guy? Uh, it's not. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah, you, you didn't even need to tell me that. I figured it out by your response. <laughs> that's just that's how you go fishing. Okay, so that makes it easier. So, Champions League. Mm. Mm. Who scored a shitload of... I feel like it's got to be Ronaldo or Messi. Um, <laughs> fuck it. I'm a Messi guy, baby. Let's go Messi. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was Leo Messi. Let's go. Bar- Barca against City. Yeah, against yeah. his old... His old teacher. And Jamie Vardy's got two. That's amazing. And Jamie Vardy has scored two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so good. Like low-key one of the best players in Premier League history. Mr. Right, before, Red yeah. Bull Jamie Vardy. Before we before we before we go past that, are you are you buying or selling on Pep having Pep being past it? No, not at all. I think yeah. his um I, I think what this sh- shines a light on is just the cavalierness with which he's approached signing players. You know, I think Pep is a tactical genius. I do question whether or not he can spot talent. That's, that's fair. My, that's fair. That's my and takeaway I, yeah. on him. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Cool. He bought Danilo. Right, and Cancelo. Sold him. Did, yeah, Danilo, Angelino, Cancelo. Maybe he's just going for the O thing. Maybe he's, Marcelo's coming soon, I heard. Mm, Bielsa, assistant uh, coach. Bielsa. <laughs> uh, okay, you ready for my next one? I am. Which one do I want to go with? Okay, let's do this one. Leeds United say, I am the captain now, as they hold the hearts of Premier League fans hostage, leaving Sheffield United searching for an SOS off the coast of Yorkshire. Searching for a first goal as well. Mm-hmm. Goalless on the season. Talk about cold out the gates. Real cold. Remember how we were saying like Sheffield was the darlings of last season and now Leeds is just trampled all over their their prom dress? Yeah. I mean Leeds both Leeds and Villa off to some good starts. Uh I think we're talking about Villa in a bit, so I'll leave that one. Are we talking about are you, you talking about Villa? And like, I mean, you might manifest it into a segment, but oh. I didn't. I didn't have Villa written down. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, they beat they they smashed Fulham. Uh, Shout out Jack Ridgeway. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting, they're sitting fourth for two games. No, no mm. goals conceded. So they're looking strong. Uh, yeah, Sheffield United. I honestly don't think that they're looking that like the game against Wolves. I thought they they got a little unlucky not to get a goal in the second half. Uh, the game against Villa. It was a one nothing game. I think it was just one of those, you know, one of the teams nicked a goal, and then mm-hmm. I, I didn't watch watch this particular game. Yeah, the Villa game uh, was the red them. card. They they you know That's they right. got off yeah. the marks on the season. Two nil to Wolves, um, who are no slouches, or are they? We'll get to that. True <laughs> um, enough. Yeah, no goals to start the season. Three straight losses. I, Patrick, what I see here is a team that's looking for a spark. Like I said in the in the headline, they were the team that. Um, captured the imagination of the Premier League. They were odds-on favorites to go down, and you know they they punched well above their weight. And now they're looking for a spark. Mm-hmm. It's almost like expectation is on them, and now it's a burden. I wonder if they'll do something in the transfer window. I, I just don't really know what, what these teams, you know, budgets and you know, what, yeah, what, I, don't I don't know, know what if... kind of people they'd even be in for. They or maybe they, they get like a loan cash. from. You know, one of the bigger clubs. Like I know that there's, you know, just on the Arsenal side, I, I know there's like four or five youngsters that may or may not go out on loan. I'm sure that's the case with United mm-hmm. and and Chelsea, mm-hmm. and there. So there's maybe an opportunity there for them. Um, but yeah, the, I, the one thing I wanted to point out with them is so they have Arsenal next, then they play Fulham, then they go on to play Liverpool, City, and Chelsea in consecutive games, and so wow. Yeah, there's a very real possibility that they're their only shot to get three points before they're you know nine games into the season is 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 in Fulham with, mm-hmm. against Fulham, which uh, you would you know, like who, their chances on. You would like yeah the way Fulham. There's <laughs> despite the fact that winless goalless Sheffield exists in this league, I I might I'm, I'm I might go ahead and just lock them right now to beat Fulham on the day. Uh, Pat, I feel like you and I bad. could. I feel like you and I could pull together Colin, Moosty, Ron, you know, the old Marvista squad and give Fulham yeah. a game. Honestly, I think we could. I think I could get under... I'm um, not going to say we'd win, but I think we'd give Fulham a real game. I think I could get Mitrovic sent off. I think I could. <laughs> I really think I could. That's just superior mind games. No, I think I... He looks... Like, he looks a, a, a favorite to be sent off every time I see him going anywhere close to somebody. I could see you putting your forehead against his elbow ever so gently and going down for a good five minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd figure, yeah, basically I would bait him into throwing that, that big old thick body around. And then I would go down like a sweet muffin. And then I would let VAR do the rest. (laughs) Uh, It's good. Uh, Word on, word on leads. They're fun. They're fun. I think, I think that they play, too fast and loose to, you know, really, I think, threaten for those European places down the line. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're fun. They, I mean, they, they, they scored three goals against Liverpool. They gave up three goals against Fulham. They played a dogfight against Sheffield. You know, they've got City this weekend, and it's a game where I'm, like, I, I want to see what they have to offer. And you don't, you don't often think about a promoted team is, is a, a tune-in game when they're playing Manchester City. Mm-hmm. And all, that's, that fact that that's an interesting game, I they think, are speaks excitement. volume. Yeah. On the pitch and on the sidelines. Oh, I can't get enough Bielsa. 
He's my new friend. Mm-hmm. I can forget about sorry now. Like I no longer just longingly just think about yeah. sorry because I have yeah. Bielsa now. Seemingly without the um, you know, the addiction. Yeah, he's well, got we an addiction to goals. Yeah, we don't we don't know everything. You know, the, the whole bicycle line story that you were telling me makes makes me think the guy's got a he's got a few screws. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. All right. Um, do you have another one? Yeah. Where's my dessert? Chelsea boss gluttonous appetite leaves him with a two hundred million dollar tab and a lackluster start. <laughs> oh, Patrick, name a more iconic duo: uh, the British media and the Fat Face app. That's that's sweeping social media. It's. I saw you get in on the action, and it was not <laughs> flattering uh, to even f- Fat Frank. Just for, for there was not, another yeah. one. It was not only not only insulting to, to to Frank Lampard. It was insulting to to the fat Frank version of him as well. Right. There was there was a four panel meme, and the caption of was from this dude, and he was like, "Look at all the Premier League managers I made fat." And it's like the app making Pep fat, uh, Arteta fat, Ollie fat, and then it's just a picture of Frank Lampard. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> um, it was. But the game, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's 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 do what the the other journalists won't on Prem to the Prem and talk about the game. Um, so Chelsea cool. played like shit in the first half, and West mm-hmm. Brom collapsed like the losers we knew that they were in the second half. Guaranteed. Uh, here, here's my question for you, Patrick. We. Tiago Silva, first of all, howler in the game. I guess he's getting adjusted, so we're going to let that go. Timo Werner, um, still no goals in the Premier League. Havertz, you know, getting adjusted. I know he had a hat trick in the Carabao Cup. But the main sentiment here, and they just got in Mendy, their goalkeeper, is that the team's gelling, the team's getting adjusted. And that is absolutely fair. We are through three weeks of football. Mm -hmm. How long... Let's do a prediction game. How long do you think that excuse is going to run on of, of teams gelling and getting adjusted? Play the kids against West Brom and you get three points. Like if you, if if gelling matters, figure out a way to beat West Brom. I don't think, you know, I, I think that there's, I don't think that there's like a short leash on, on Frank Lampard, but it's an, it's an inexcusable result. I think even in this growing period, like I think you can expect those results, uh, you know, from other, other teams, but you know, West Brom, with with all all due respect to them, is a is a team that I think is is nailed on a relegation team, and that's yeah. If they're trying to, you know, Frank Lampard said, "I'm not putting these expectations on Chelsea." Frank put them on Chelsea. He said, "Just top four wouldn't be, you know, a successful season this year." And right. to me, that is you know pushing on in the Champions League, or you know, I don't, I still don't think they're in the title race this year. I still believe it's a two horse race. But if 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 they're kind of making that a closer race, I, that's what I inferred. Yeah. And these are results at that pace and at that level of expectations that you can't afford. So I think it, you, you do have to kind of put him under the microscope. He's asked for that, but it's you know, I, I don't even you know, we we talked. I to like Carl, that. I like that spin yeah. zone. It's like oh, I didn't give them the expectations. They're not my expectations. No, yeah, it, yeah. it's. I, and for me, it's like like we, we talked to Carl about this, and like to a degree, I do agree with him that there's you know there's something about a result like this where you get. You just you just suck in the first half, and then you figure out a way to get some, something out of the game. I, I do think that they can they can build on this result, right? Uh, that's but, definitely you know, the takeaway if you're a Chelsea fan, you know, absolutely. stirring comeback. Yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah, and, and and I think that they're they're probably you know they're they're not naive enough to think that they're not going to have some of these these cur- these 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 learning curves with a new team. So being able to take you know losses to draws and draws to win in the, over the next mm-hmm. two months is is important, but. You know, I think that if he's not kind of securely in a Champions League spot by Boxing Day, I, I mean, there's going to be a lot of noise. Mm. I don't know that I agree with it, but there's going to be a lot of noise. Right. It is Chelsea. It is Abramovich. And not for nothing, Patrick, the three goals scored, if I'm not mistaken, were Hudson-Odoi, Abraham, and, and Mount, right? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so, so yeah. all existing players on the team. Right. Yeah, and I, and I think there's, I mean, there's, there, they still have what Zayas and, and Pulisic are, are aren't in the team. But yeah, let's let's see how much Frank is. He rode the hot hand a lot last year. You know, it right. took it took Pulisic a long time to get into the team. 
Mountain and Abraham both started off really strong. And by the end of the season, it was, you know, Pulisic and Giroud were running the show. So right. he's shown that he's willing to go with the hot hand. He hasn't shown that he's willing to do that after he spent $200 million in a transfer window. So right. I'm going to be interested to see how this, this plays out. For me, Chelsea are still must-watch early on in this season. I, I mean, I still think they're, they're going to be fine. You know, I, I think that enough other teams are going to have similar type hiccups and their quality will eventually emerge. But it's it's fun to watch while it lasts, I'll tell you that. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Um, Anything right, to say about West Brom there? Or is it just one of those? Uh, I think it's telling, you touched on it, it's telling that, you know, at halftime you and I were sitting there, they're 3-0 up. Which, you know, we talk about Dosa Zero being the most dangerous lead in soccer. But mm-hmm. 3-0 is typically job done. That's when people start saying the game's over, damage control. You and I were sitting there and we were like, this game is far from over. Right. And that's a testament to West Brom. They have a classy player in, uh, I think his name is Matias Pereira. He's mm-hmm. kind of the unearthed gem in that team. And I'm excited to watch him. But you look around the rest of the squad and it is... It is lacking quality, so I don't have too much to say there because I don't think they're going to be one to watch this season. Yeah, you know, no, don't I, get used to seeing them. You know, don't waste time at analyzing West Brom. Yeah, it's just it's 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 disappointing when you know they did they did the hard work. They did the hard work. They got three goals in the first half against Chelsea. Like it doesn't matter who you are, you need to be you need to see that result out. It's just yep. it's just a bad bad result. Exactly. If you're a Premier League club, no matter who you're playing, no matter who you are three nil. You got to see it out. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one from me, Patrick West Ham against wolves, a slept on result this week. I'd say. Yeah. Here's the headline. It was a hectic week. Insane week. Still lots of goals. Here we go. West Ham spurred on <laughs> West Ham spurred on by the image of an empty touchline. As David Moyes socially distances himself from managerial credit, pictured asleep in front of the telly with a packet of crisps on his chest as the final whistle sounds. Beautiful. Beautiful. You just took me to a place. And I'll tell you, <laughs> I, I, picture. Thought, I thought they were going to lose that game because he was gone. And they, they, they're not looking too bad. They're not looking too bad. They played good against Arsenal, and I thought that that result was a bit unfair to them uh, in the end. And then this was a pretty good result over what everyone considers to be a, a, a really good team. And yeah. You know, I think that they're, I think, yeah, I mean, I guess they did lose to Newcastle on the first match week. So this, this match week up against Leicester, that's a good litmus test to kind of see, you know, who they are. But they're, they're a, I don't think they're Wolves. relegation fodder this year. And I thought You don't think West be. Ham's relegation fodder? No, I kind of, I mm. kind of believe in, we'll see if Declan Rice leaves. But like, Antonio's a menace, man. He get he's, he I was gonna problems pick, up there. I was going to pick him out. And my uh, my man of the match was Antonio, just bully balling yeah. up front. And uh, it really rings true. He is the annoying kid on your high school team who would shoot upon receiving the ball. Not even picking his head up. You know, just nope. running around with that bulldozer mentality. You know what you're getting from him, but you also know that like if he catches a good a good head of steam... Or if if he's put in a position, because the thing is, he's like you said, he's always going to put his head down and shoot. So if he's in a good position to do so, he's going to get a good shot on target. You know what I mean? It's like if, it's always going to happen. It doesn't yeah. matter when he gets the ball, where he gets the ball, one track mind. So if he gets it in a good space, mm-hmm. they can they can do some things. I like um, Suchek. I like him. Suchek, yeah, he's him huge. And Declan Rice have a nice yeah, thing going a, on. Yeah, yeah, it's a powerful, a it's a strong pivot. midfield. Yeah, it's a strong midfield. And so if they can get a little bit more contribution from, I don't know, even is it what is his name, uh, Fornals? Or yeah, like he's, of, pretty, he's pretty crap. Yeah, <laughs> in contrast, or even he, Bowen, he hasn't really maybe. Come you know, they've got like they got a few players that like if they could, they could take that step up. I'm just trying to yeah. think who. Well, yeah, Bowen. I mean, Bowen took Bowen's, his two goals. Yeah. Well, maybe not. I mean, the second goal was a bit more fortunate. But he took his first goal very nicely, kind of a single-man break on Wolves' defense. Who Again, I don't think there's too much to say about Wolves because I think it was an anomaly. I think they just didn't show up or didn't mm-hmm. have the right mentality for this game, and I think it'll be rectified by Nuno. But, yeah, Bowen took his goal nicely, and it, it, you're right. It's a season to figure out who that player is or, or player where, players where the jury's still out. You know, what's up right. with Allaire, Allaire, their record signing? What's up with Fornals? You mentioned. Um, I don't Lanzini. know what's good with Lanzini. Yeah. I, yeah, I was about to say. I I don't. 
Is he injured? Felipe, is he Felipe Anderson's also in that side. Like they have a lot of those players who they're just like you don't like you kind of know who they are, but there's still this missing piece of of can they be a little bit better? And if it comes together for them, and it comes together for a lot of them, like it, basically, I think I think it's come together for uh, you know for Declan Rice, obviously for for Antonio. Uh, who, who, what did I mention his name? So. No, not Soyuncu. Soychek, Suchek, Suchek. It's come together for some guys, and they look they look proper players. So if the rest of them can come around and they can get some good results like this, I mean, I I think they're a mid table team. That's what I'm seeing so far. Maybe maybe it's premature, but I I think they look they look strong. Mm. Okay, time will tell. Your last one, my friend. I'm curious what direction you're going here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sit down. Klopp opens his teeth to put Arteta back in his place after Anfield assault. <laughs> the Anfield assault. Yeah, if oh, there's if yeah. there's any question, uh, one of those teams is still better than the other. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Big if true. <laughs> yeah, I mean the game started off. Pretty much where the the encounter last season at the end of last season left off, um, with a Robertson howler to to gift Lacazette a, a, an opportunity even he couldn't miss. Yeah, Lacazette tried his best to fluff <laughs> he his sure lines. He yeah. sure did. He he hit it so poorly. He knocked Allison out of position. Does it have Which a name one? on that one? He he had a pretty low where key. Where he kind of like floats. One. Where he kind of like where he does his arms back and forth. Yeah, the drift dance. Oh, I don't know. They do they they do that weird game when they're um when they're just kind of playing playing one touch and they've they've always whenever they meg anybody, they would always do this. It's a little it's a little banjo. Yeah. It started off as a little banjo on one side and then they just started going back and forth. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's evolved from them just going like or like when in people's ears when they got megged at the rondo, and then it's it's evolved from there. And um I love Lacazette. I love the bromance he has with Aubameyang, but man's man's got to put away the chances that he gets. It's mm. it's upsetting. Uh, it's you know, painful. It's it, because in the game in a game against Liverpool, I think Arsenal did set out to do a certain job, and it was hold the line and hope you get enough chances to put him away. And and you know maybe they would have done just enough if Lacazette could have put him. You know, yeah, I think tie the game where he had that shot right. in the second half, and then who knows what happens from there. Maybe you get a point, a point against Liverpool at this point in the season. Tremendous result for Arteta's Arsenal. So I, it's yeah. frustrating for sure. It was on course. It was on course for a game that would be dubbed a Arteta masterclass. It reminded me a lot of when you frustrated City in the in the FA Cup semifinal, where you know y- you took your chances that you had and you frustrated them. And the the game started to go that way. You know, you got a gift of a goal. And then... It's our only shot in the first half. Right, right. So, like, let's not pretend Arsenal were doing much. But Lacazette had chances that he didn't take. And maybe it was in the second half. I I don't remember exactly. But, yeah, the head's definitely dropped as as Liverpool decided to be a bit more clinical. And obviously, Robertson got his goal back. Um, Alexander-Arnold started doing something for my fantasy team. Mm -hmm. So... Well, he's on everyone's fantasy team, so it's you know you're going to go up and down with 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 the whole league on that one. What I would what I would say though is Liverpool were were very impressive, and I think what 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 most impressed me is you know it, I, it's weird to call it a masterclass when I think there's really one way to beat Liverpool, and it's to you know pack it in, take your chances, and try to limit them as much as you can, and play a really st- strong defense. Like I don't think it's you know, I think being able to pull it off, maybe I, I guess, is fair enough to call it call it a masterclass. But they came they came with a with with an appropriate an appropriate counter. You know, our Arsenal wanted to you know lure them lure them out of the back. You know, play make you know play from the back, lure uh, Liverpool in, and then trying to break them. And oh yeah, they sure do keep playing from the back. Liverpool absolutely suffocated Arsenal, and they were relentless in their press, and they have much more quality and I think especially in the midfield and Arsenal need a signing I think to kind of put themselves in a position to challenge for the top four uh, mm-hmm. in the midfield I'm still optimistic of that uh, but Liverpool man like when they're when they want it and when they're on their day 
You know, I almost, it's weird, like, I feel vindicated because this was the game that proves to everyone, like, Liverpool still got it because they've had a lot of doubters, I guess, over the last, like, month or two mm-hmm. of what they would be able to do this season. Of course, it's, of course, it's Arsenal that, that it happens it was, against, but they're... It ended up being comfortable and routine. Yeah. It was, yeah, even at, even at 2-1, you, even at 1-1, you're like, all right, okay, they're still, they, they just got that goal back. They're just pissed off that we even scored. It's going to be toast pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they looked they look really really strong. They look, and I don't think anything's really changed. It's just, they're they're going to give you some opportunities to beat them, and you have to take them, and you have to be really good as well in order to no. beat them. And no, I'll tell you that's what about it. Um, and this, yeah, they weren't. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. That was that was, that was it. <laughs> I was just going to say this: the thought of doing a press conference with you did not even cross my mind because. I don't think we've learned anything about Arsenal. You know, if there's one game you would look at on the fixture list and be like, okay, walking away from this game with zero points is okay. It, it, it's Liverpool at Anfield. Right, so, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, if, I'm not bothered by it. Like, I was hopeful. You know, I, I, right, I, I, sure. I got my, my little noodle brain behind the thing of like, well, no, if we win this, let's see well, you know, maybe title well, shots on. Well, any starting, anything's possible. Yeah, it was a pretty negative lineup, wasn't it? Wasn't mm-hmm. it with with Jaka mm-hmm. Elneny in the midfield and five at the bit. back? So, Just a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they were out to do a very specific job, but yeah, I think they need. I think Ceballos needs to be starting, full stop. Um, and and I think that they need to to drop, drop one of those defenders for a midfielder in the transfer window. I mm-hmm. think I think that's the difference. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'll maybe maybe the next time we podcast that will it'll, I'll I'll have a very different demeanor like i'm still calm right yeah. now but if, if it doesn't get yeah. if we don't get somebody in the midfield it's it's a very different team yeah all right should we move on to some segments let's do it patrick it's a little bit leave it it's a little bit leave it it's a quick a little bit leave it it's a little bit leave because it because on this little bit leave it i want to talk to you about one thing and one thing only we need to talk about mason mount mm. we need to talk about mason mount mm-hmm. uh influential player in the comeback draw against West Brom right that was his third start from three mm-hmm. third start from three possible games yes you do not believe that he is going to start more than 10 games this season out of 38 so I don't think he starts on the weekend I think they give him a break they just played him in okay the... so we're taking it we're taking it week by week right and then we got an international break Zayech Kulisic get healthy I'm I'm certainly not going to do it. Like, let me tell you this. If he starts the next two games, I will drop it. Absolutely. I will drop it at five and five. You don't need to ask me at four. Game. You don't need to ask me then because I'm going I'm, I'm, to be able to okay. convince myself. So don't myself. ask you when he started four out of a possible four games. No, you can ask me at five, but you won't need to because I will <laughs> drop it. But I will say this. I will say this. I'm not yet ready to call him not trash anymore. But he had a very influential performance in that game. And the thing is, I don't necessarily... And I've, I've defined this trash take before. So, just to mm-hmm. be clear, mm-hmm. I just think he's Jesse Lingard. And I think Jesse Lingard's trash. So, that's what I think. And I don't... So, you think he's trash? Right. But I think that like, he's still capable of a good performance. I think he's got skills. I want, that's, that's fair enough. But I don't think... I'm, I'm measuring trash against his perceived potential. If that makes sense. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's all I wanted to bring up. I've got nothing okay. else to say. And I don't have a new take, but I did tease a take um, potentially coming out of these Liverpool City games. Okay. That's all I got. Okay. I was, gonna I was, I was close to, to, to reversing, reversing the, trash, the Trashman decision. I might, I might actually do that in one of these coming games. Okay. It might be a double drop. Well, Patrick, I'll be sure. I'll be sure not to bring this up next week when he 100% starts against Palace. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. I will not bring it up. Okay, freak of the week. Why don't you go first? Okay, so I forgot my freak. So a freak of the week. I think. You know, James, I'd really like it if you take this one. Okay, I'll give I you a little more time. Yeah, I'll give I you some time it. to get your... I think it's your... best that you go first. Okay, yeah, why don't you put your brain into overdrive? Uh, I'll, I'll, okay, so I thought about giving this to my Daniel James jersey, but I'm going to hold on that one until he goes out on loan. I'm going to put that one in the back pocket and bring that one out later. 
We don't need to talk about it right now. My freak of the week is undersized crossbars and crossbars in general, posts, goal posts. So obviously you saw Mourinho come out at a pregame after Joe, Joe Hart. This seems to be his contribution to Spurs now where he tips off the coaching staff that uh, a crossbar is a couple inches off. And Mourinho posted on his uh, burgeoning social media account that the, that the crossbar is missized. And what this then led to, and the reason why crossbars and goalposts are so topical right now, is Brighton hit the post five times in one game against United, uh, which is a Premier League record. So it was a hot week for goalposts everywhere in the UK, but they will not rest on Mourinho's watch because he is breaking out the protractors and getting a good look at those bad boys. There was some great banter this week. I tried to filibuster as much as I could there. Well, I'm just going to go off of um, what you said. So my freak of the week is going to Neil Mape, uh, everyone's favorite shithouse merchant. Uh, <laughs> he's getting my freak of the week award for doing a fake crying Sally and then crying after the game. Did he cry? You, you can't cry after the game when you do the fake crying Sally when you score. Can't do it. Yeah, yeah, seemingly lack of foresight there. No, but it, it does it does just confirm to me everything that I, you know, thought about him that he is a certified lunatic whose only objective is to wind people up. I mean, the the Paneka penalty. He He's just got quality fits, too, which is crazy. Fits the bar. Yeah, yeah, he's just smacking a Paneka penalty against mm-hmm. Daya. In the first half of the game. Well, I'll tell you whose confidence was at an all-time low to save a, pen- a penalty. It's De Gea. You know, we thought he got his mojo back, and now all he's thinking about is, is my feet on the line? And then the goal, the ball's already in the back of the net. Yep, should have just stayed put. Would have been good on that one. Stay at home. All right. Um, do you have any metaculture? No, but I do have a quote of the week that I can get out of the right. way. Let's see um, the quote of the week. Yeah. This one's from Mourinho. Mourinho had so many good quotes this week, but I'm only, I, I chose one. Uh, he said this um, when when asked about the the penalty decision at the end of the Spurs Newcastle game. If I want to give away, if I want to give some money away, I want to give it to charities. I don't want to give it to the FA, so I prefer not to comment. <laughs> I can't help but to love him. I really can't. Yeah, I he's know back I in should hate form. him. I know I should hate him. And, you know, maybe maybe he'll say something about Arteta soon and that'll get me back to hating him. But, God, I, I just... I just oh, He was taking names. Ah, oh, yeah. I love him. I love yeah. him. In the, uh, in the post-match with Newcastle, he goes, uh, Kyle Darlow should have been man of the match unless you want to give it to somebody who wasn't a player. <laughs> <laughs> He's so He's good. He's gold. He's worth every minute of that Amazon documentary. Yeah. That penalty was an absolute joke for the record. No, yeah. and that's coming from a, from a uh, Spurs hater. Yeah. Yeah. The Mark has made me soft. I need to go. In a couple months, I will not talk to Mark in a while. I'll be less soft. I'll hate them easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. A couple minute culture on my end. First and foremost, Eric Dyer leaves mid-game in the Carabao Cup for a comfort break, which I think is the most British colloquialism you could ever come across for going to take an explosive diarrhea shit. <laughs> Took a deuce. And Mourinho went chasing after him into the bathroom. Well, I can, actually, you imagine, I... can you imagine Mourinho's hot breath outside the stall yelling at you? Oh, dude, like, uh, that's, so, that's so wild. And it's like the kid in middle school. Someone's taking a shit. <laughs> it's so good. I've never, I've never seen it before. So it was just, it was, it was hilarious. Never seen they anything a, like it in my life. They've had, they had a good laugh about it. Um, obviously, the Spurs shit jokes right themselves. So I won't bother. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, Eric Dyer finds new ways to disappoint fans. I guess he just can't stay on that pitch, can he? Mm-mm. Nope. Whether he's leaping into the stands or leaping into the stalls. and then my second one is for fulham's owner tony khan for managing pr in the media like a true master he comes out after the second game of the season and apologizes for fulham's team's performance being just absolutely terrible from the owner 
in a statement. <laughs> says he apologizes for the state of the team and promises to sign new players. <laughs> Going Great. above Scott Parker, who seemed very surprised by the whole thing, after three games. He's just like, this is ass. I'm spending money. He knows how bad they are. He's like, yo, I don't need a technical director to tell me that this is the worst team I've ever seen. Yeah. And I think, let the record show for anyone studying public relations, as long as you get ahead of it, it's not your fault. Mm. He's just managing the media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. True expert. All right, Patrick, on to our two final segments, goal of the week, and then, of course, Degenerate District. I think we're all excited to hear what you have to say after last Great. week's performance. My goal of the week. Actually, no. You know what? Did you prepare one? I want you to take the lead on at least one I, thing. I did. I did. Okay. There were some great goals this week, so I'm hoping that we have different ones. I am giving mine to the only goal he scored from open play. I believe it was Jamie Vardy's first goal. The back heel mm, flick mm-hmm. over Ederson off Nani-esque. the Castagni yeah. cross. Italy to England. One way boop, over the Brazilian. It was smooth. It was smooth. I honestly didn't know he had that in his locker. Jamie Vardy still surprises me. He is, right. He's like one of my favorite like non-Arsenal players to watch. Right. So he's he's, he's going to be... Where do you think his legacy is in the Premier League? Like when it's all said and done. People are already having the... Uh, like, isn't it hilarious that he's a bigger legend than Drogba? Like that's the banter right now. Which I honestly don't necessarily don't, argue with. I don't buy that just off off my gut feeling, but it's enough for me to say, well, I'd want to look at the stats. You entertain it. You entertain yeah. it. I'd want to go yeah. to the numbers. I'd want to go so, to the tape. The Athletic did a top 60 Premier League players of all time in the offseason, which is actually really awesome. They do like a unique story on each player and give them a bit of a, uh, you know, like a, a praise article and things you might not expect about them. I think Jamie Vardy was in the 30s and he's already cemented that spot, like top 40 mm. Premier League players of all time. Do you buy that? Of the Premier of the Premier League era, yeah, I probably do. I probably do. Yeah, especially when you think about like relative importance to 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 his team. You know, the I don't goals know in that a row record. Yeah. The, you know, the the unexpected title, still doing it at this age. It's class. Yeah, yeah, and in in for all of it, you know, obviously not a one club man in the sense that you know he came up from the academy, but as far as his time in the Premier League, he's a one club man, and those are always those are always fun. You know, those are always people that you like to, you know, you can at least respect their their tenure, even if you don't right. you don't like them. You know, that's right. a it's a cool accomplishment. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I I I think James Madison's goal in that game was better than Vardy's. It's obviously a little bit of like what your taste is. Sure. Um, but I'm not I'm not picking James Madison's because it felt similar to the Reese James one that I gave, which is just like a pile driver from, from distance. And I want to mix it up a little bit. So Patrick, I'm putting some respect on my boy, Sir Marcus Rashford against Brighton, who I think is the best player in the league at sitting players down on their keisters. He did it against crystal palace last season, post lockdown, Bruno Fernandez releases him on the counter against Brighton. Where have you heard that before? And Rashford takes him to the box, sits down. I think it was Lewis dunk twice or another defender twice, uh, Ben White, and then slots it into the top right corner to give United a short-lived 2-1 lead. Um, I love that. I don't give him enough respect. Great player, great man, Marcus Rashford, my goal of the week. It was a good one. It was a good one. I like the Mares goal as well. That was an absolute Mares banger. goal was my third, yeah, my and third the, option. I, th- I, w- I think the... Um... I forget who, whether it was, was Hudson Adoy or Tammy Abraham, but Chelsea had a beautiful team goal, I think, for the second. It was Hudson Adoy. It was a nice yeah. one. Yeah. It was a very, very pretty team goal. It's good, some good goals. Some good goals. So many goals. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, the goals are flowing right now. Mm-hmm. Like one. Yeah, except, except on the ones I take a freaking over. As soon as I take an over, <laughs> it's one nothing. Well, Patrick, you found an amazing segue. No, I, I steered the ship in this direction. Oh, goddamn. Sometimes you just got to give it up. Yeah, welcome when you, back when you to the see district. Greatness. When you see greatness, you just got to give it up. Welcome back to the district. Had a couple good meatballs last week, and we hit the lock. We're back on track. Quick Parlo- sidebar, Patrick. Can we do yeah. an audio stinger when we go to the district? I think like we need wolf's, to. A wolf's howl. 
that's going to be maybe that's my international break project is to mm-hmm. to get to get intros and outros to every segment along with the I'd website actually, of course i'd actually prefer that to then going in and finding every little bit leave it to just make a general intro and outro yeah and then find it at one point so phenomenal. maybe i'll work on that all right yeah run that by me later anyway uh yeah back on track the lock uh my lock this week there's a few things that I'm riding whenever whenever the odds are, are good enough. So two things I'm riding. I'm riding Everton, and I'm riding everything against Fulham. Those are two things I'm riding until they take me and lead me astray. My lock this week is Everton at home against Brighton to win. It's only minus 135. It's pretty close to even odds. Great bet. Seems like an absolute lock. Uh, mm. You know, I, I, don't, I don't see Brighton. You know, you know, with a bounce back type performance, and Everton's been really just thrashing people. So I'm here for that. Uh, a couple of meatballs. You're, you're just gonna ride Everton till they till they prove you wrong. Yeah, I mean, I've yeah, I've won, I've I've won money on them three three times so far. I've won money betting right. against Fulham three times so far. So I'm All gonna right. <laughs> the know, tenets. Keep, yeah. Fulham have. Um, Wolves this week. I think the spread's actually one and a half, which is just wild, and I'm probably still going to take Wolves. Uh, that's a meatball for you. Uh, Newcastle home to Burnley is plus 140. I actually like what I've been seeing out of Steve Bruce's side, even though they almost lost in the Carabao Cup to, like, I don't even know who, um, mm-hmm. today. Uh, I also like Leicester over West Ham. at I believe that one was close to even odds as well. Wow. No, okay. it was minus 155. So not, not the, you know, you know, almost almost one to two odds, two to one odd rather, but um, some good bets out there. And, you know, we're going into international break, James, so I was struggling. Do I give the people a five-team parlay? Do I give them a seven-team parlay? Like, what do they want? They're not going to have anything for the next two weeks. I'm here with a 10-team parlay. It's every game. So, to be clear, to be clear, that's every game. Yeah, that's every game. That's every game. Okay. And, James, we're going to do what we do. And, and I think that I found... <laughs> I found absolute the, donkey. I think that I found what the Croc segment is, and maybe Croc segment sub segment is going to be called Patrick's Parlays. And so I think it's just going to be my parlay of the week. Uh, and so we're getting a little loose. This one is plus twenty three thousand. Uh, so that is pretty good. So James, we're gonna. <laughs> so you could say it's pretty tasty. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Um, and as a reminder, folks, I do take all these bets as well. I do not give you advice that I will not heed myself. This is a half-unit bet for me. All my parlays are half-unit bets. James, we're going to do the same formula that we always do. You give me the yes, no. Or, eh, eh, eh. Chelsea, home to Crystal Palace. Chelsea wins, yeah. Yeah. Everton, right. home to Brighton. Everton wins. City, away to Leeds. Yep. Newcastle, uh, home versus Burnley. I don't like that. You don't. That one's no. a loose one. That's the kind of the toss-up like one. That one. Yeah. It is, it, it is the most favorite record. of the three-way money line. So we'll see. So you're flagging Newcastle. Okay. I'm flagging Newcastle. Okay. Well, they'll get a parlay ban next week if they cause me to lose this one. Okay. All right. Uh, and I wanted to give no Chelsea a list. Yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea, you're on your... Actually, no. Did I bet against Chelsea? No, I took Chelsea. Chelsea's getting a rare... I should have done nineteen parlay because they were my they ruined my parlay last week. They were the first team to lose in the Give parlay. Give them one more chance. Yeah, and if I if this doesn't work, I'm going back to the one week ban. I banned Manchester United, um, and actually they won this week, so maybe I shouldn't. Okay. Do that. Anyway, well. back onto it. <laughs> Leicester home to West Ham. Yeah, like that. Southampton home to West Brom. Book it. Arsenal home to Sheffield. Yep. Wolves home to Fulham. Yep. Liverpool away to Villa. Uh-huh. And the Coupe de Gras, <laughs> a stalemate between United and, and, and Tottenham. You're taking a draw. I think it's a game. I think Spurs have the momentum. I think United are like the better side. And I think Spurs will get them with a punch. And I think United will claw one back because Mourinho is just going to sit in with that team. So I think it's gonna be one one or two two. I'll tell yeah, you so what. Don't. Yeah. I'm too close to it, Patrick. Don't take my advice on this game because I, I I could see it going any one of three ways. Yeah, I mean United is a favorite. 
which I also think is just, I think this is more of a toss-up game than it is a United's like a bang-on favorite. The spread is actually a half goal in United's favor, so draw or Spurs is basically even odds. Maybe that's yeah. a decent What I will right say there. is Son is not playing, Gareth Bale is not playing. Um, mm. Pretty huge. So, mm. yeah, I, I couldn't tell you which way that game's going to go. Um, well, James, so, I've already made the bet, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to stop you. That'd be a nice one to win, I'll tell you that. Yeah, retirement looking real good. Patrick, man, chef's kiss on the end of a phenomenal episode. Mm-hmm. Right on the hour mark. Mm-hmm, right Say it's never been mark. done. Oh, hell of a service. Hell of a service. Folks, thanks for listening. That was your Match Week 3 recap. We are primed and ready to bring you the recap for Match Week 4. Tasty fixtures, tons of goals, it seems, and we will catch you before we send you off into an international break. Patrick, give me a dolly. Dolly! We'll see you next week. What's up, Prem heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem de la Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem de la Prem podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.